So it happened. They're home, and we are screwed. Yep. So you want us? Well, what it, you didn't even tell me. What did you guys do for? I mean, I saw the outfits and I took the pictures. So how'd it go? Well, we made lo- uh, lots of treats. Nikki made a bunch of cookies and things for the staff to enjoy and indulge in on the last day. I made cupcakes, spice cake cupcakes with buttercream frosting for the girls' classes to indulge in. And uh, they brought some home, so I'm definitely going to, you know, have a couple maybe yeah, I'd like to <laughs> later because I love spice cake. Spice cake and carrot cake are so good. But, um, no, we, we took the girls to school and then let them know, you know, very, very clearly. I was like, we we're going to dress up in our ugly sweater outfit things and go and bring you the cupcakes and you know hopefully they'll drop them off to your classes so you know don't be all oh my goodness you don't know who you are ah because you know Mm -hmm. give us the same energy and lily was ready lily was like okay i got you tabby looked terrified that we were you know (laughs) going to do that before we even got there or anything we're talking about we're gonna do that and so then we get there and we left the car on because it's so cold and um went inside uh they have this new system for like checking in and being able to actually like walk back there right. like they have this cool like it takes your picture after you, you like you have to give them your id so that they can confirm who you are put in the information take your picture and then they print out a visitor pass with your picture on it first yeah. of all pictures printed out on this printer awful we were just shadows like it was funny and i was Racist. saying that i well no 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 no, because i was saying that i was glad that nikki took hers first because nikki was a shadow and because mm-hmm. if i would have gone first and seen that i would have oh. been like this thing is racist <laughs> it's just but, making everybody black yeah no nikki was <laughs> there was no face nothing it's just an outline of shadow of us so i thought that was funny but okay yeah so uh, the front desk lady it wasn't it wasn't miss allen this time but um miss allen was we love you miss allen yeah but we we yeah we were we were checking in and then as we were waiting for the pictures to print out, then we saw Miss Bodetti and Miss Allen and we okay. waved at them and they were like, oh, hey. And then um, she, and then we, we she led us back to their classes because I was like, I, don't, I have no idea where they are. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, OK, well, we can go back there. And then she was talking about how she remembers that we brought something last year. Yep. And I, she was like, I think I was here the last time it was like for Valentine's Day. And I was like, yeah, I think we brought stuff for Valentine's Day. I don't know. I forget. And she was like, yeah, no, you guys are so nice. And then we got we, uh, got to Tabby's class first. And so she opened the door and then all of them, they have the desks, uh, the way that classroom is set up is they have an outer U shape of desks Mm -hmm. and then an inner like square table. And so they were all, all of them, it was like 15 of them in their classes, each of them, not a lot of kids. And so all of them are just like piled around one of their laptops and like dying laughing or watching something. And we see Tabby, Tabby's on the outside of it sitting down and she, you know, turns around to see us because her teacher, Miss Avery, was like, oh, hello. So Tabby turned around and then immediately like tensed up like because she, I don't know, I don't know if she just didn't believe us (laughs) or what, but no, she was immediately like, I don't why did you, why did you have to come? literally <laughs> that, that girl is a can of drama yep. spray <laughs> so yeah she she was not excited <laughs> and then yeah. we were like here come come grab the cupcakes hand them out to your friends and she was like you know begrudgingly got up and like hunched over walked over to us took the cupcake box it was like thanks <laughs> and i was like you ain't even gonna say nothing hello i love you or nothing and she just 
turned around and walked away and we were and i was like okay and i turned to savory and she was like thank you for bringing you know bringing some cupcakes and everything and i was like yeah no and i was like it's nice to meet you because this is the first time i talked to her yeah it was like it's nice to meet you finally by the way and she was like oh yeah no nice to meet you too and so then you know and she introduced herself as Haley, so that was nice i was not expecting that I was like, I'm Kiki. Haley Avery. Yeah. Okay. So she she's like, cool, right off the bat, first name basis. But she's definitely from here. She has she has the accent. Okay. So I think it was just, you know, just normal for You've her. You've never seen her out front? No, I well, I don't think so. Okay. I, I don't I didn't recognize her. So that's why I don't Fair think enough. that she's been out often enough at least for me to recognize her. But um so she was super nice. She was she was happy. She was like, "Yeah, no, they're just they're big chilling, <laughs> basically," is what she was saying. They got okay. nothing. They got no plans. They're just going. They're just gonna hang out. And so I was like, "Yeah, that's what I expected." And then the door opened behind us, and Lily stepped in. It was like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that is," and that's got to be great <laughs> right there. Because let me let me tell you, it it just real quick sidestep. There's nothing better than when we know that Lily's walking into a room to do something wrong and be sneaky about it, and we're right there already. <laughs> like, I've been in the kitchen when they weren't supposed to be in the kitchen, and the door opens slowly, and then Lily's head pops in. She's like, oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> well, for once, it was not It was genuinely just, unex- like, she wasn't expecting us to be in there. Okay. Because she was coming in, and we were like, hi, we weren't expecting you to be in here. And she was like, I wasn't expecting you to be here. I was just coming. I wanted to ask you and start talking to Miss Avery. I was like, I wanted to ask you if you still had access to, to Edgenuity. And she was like, yes, I do. And she was like, can you unlock the last test so I can retake it? And she was like, oh, yeah, sure. So she was in there to, to work. Nice. So that was nice. And then we, you know, it was like, oh, it was like, okay. And then she was like, yeah, I didn't think you guys were going to be here this early. And I was like, what do you mean? You're only going to be here for four hours. Yep. When else would we come? You would have never had the opportunity to eat your cupcakes. And she was like, oh, good point. And then she was like, well, they're all. And then we walked out. And she was like, well, they're all in here. I'm over there because I'm working and they're playing and they're too loud. And I was like, oh, well, then I'm glad that you showed up because we would have walked into that class and be like, uh. <laughs> like, See, I know you guys are Lily's classmates, and, and but where's Lily? <laughs> and it's the things like that that give me hope. Yeah. Because she didn't know you were there and was doing the right thing. Yeah. So, so so that was nice, but yeah, no. So she was like, "Yeah, I uh, can you open the box for me though, because I, I always rip the boxes." And I was like, "It's not that hard. You just pull." She was like, "I don't care. Please open it for me." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> and then she went around, and it was funny because I don't know which kid did, but as soon as it was like, "Oh, they're cupcakes," she was like, "Oh my god, you better give me a chocolate one." And I was like, "It was just one of those things. It's like it tells you how often or how used to store bought cupcakes yep. there they are because it was like these aren't vanilla chocolate basic gross ass Walmart." cupcakes i made these right. <laughs> they're spice cake you see a yellow tag on these no i did not get these from the oops yeah. i baked too much no. section i i i baked these myself i frosted right. them decorated them they're they're nice and christmas themed they're they're christmas flavored spice mm-hmm. cake is a christmas thing so i was just like yeah no these these are good cake <laughs> not not some shitty walmart cake but it's just no problem when it's like a last second thing or like for birthdays i understand sure. but like <laughs> this is this is the last day, half day. Y'all are already indulging on candy and sweets and watching movies and you know memes and all that. So it's like, no, I'm I'm not gonna get you some shitty Walmart stuff. I made these. I spent two hours <laughs> making these last night. So, but yeah, no, I thought that was funny. And she was like, these aren't. <laughs> but I before I could say anything, Lily turned around so fast. I was like, they're not. They're not vanilla and chocolate. <laughs> so she was ready to defend me. <laughs> I was like, they're good cupcakes. And then she was like, oh, what are they? And then she was like. I, and then she turned back around to me, and I was like, they're, they're spice cake. And she was like, they're spice cake. <laughs> so, and then everybody was like, ooh, and then everybody was interested. And we were like, okay, well, bye. And then we waved at the teacher, and she was like, oh, thank you. And then you we walked away. And then uh, 
the as we walk back out the the front desk lady whose whose name i cannot ever remember because she's a lot more just timid than miss yeah. allen is so i i never remember her name but she was just like oh bye and thanks again they're really good because she already started eating one of the cookies nice <laughs> so and then we left and we were like yay we did it <laughs> so and we'll we'll be sure to get those pictures up so yeah <laughs> in the meantime Good afternoon and welcome to the afternoon dive of the stupid podcast on everything where I'm Joey and I'm Kiki and we talk about everything and nothing all at the same time from two different people who have no business agreeing on as much as we do. <laughs> and with that said, how do we want to start today? Oh, um, well, you've got, you know, kind of everything for today for once. I, uh, I'm you normally know, the one that's, you know, giving all the topics and reading things, but you you've got you kind of running the show today. I you know, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm always worried that I'm gonna talk too much, and now I'm got a, basically the whole agenda on the store on mm -hmm. the show. So, um, it's all good. But first thing I want to talk about is, you know, what's happening this weekend. Like it's coming in Thursday, and you know we have the for the slip. Uh, for those who don't know, um, which I can't believe anybody doesn't know right now, it w what weather is coming in? Oh yeah, it's gonna be. Really, really cold. The Arctic, what is it, the Arctic chills? It's a Siberian, Siberian stream that actually made it through the jet streams. That's why it's so cold. It's oh. coming from Siberia. It has nothing impeding it or slowing it down. There are no clouds or weather systems in its way slowing it at all, and it is heading straight for us, um, and that's us in East Texas. Everybody north of us is going to get it even worse with us being the lucky ones that maybe will only get to, you know, one degree. Wow. And the hope is, okay, the good thing for us is that there's no weather coming in. So we're not going to have any snow or anything like that. That's both a good thing and a bad thing. So. Right. So it's going to make, you know, anything you do that much more. Uh, <laughs> but. Yeah. At the same time, we're trying to get our trucks home, and they're not going to get into Jersey until tomorrow, or no, for, for two days. So they're not going to oh, get wow. to Jersey, and they'll they'll be coming down from Friday. So they're going to be driving right through that cold. Um, they might just have to stop and be like, "That's that's going to be it." But they're going to have to keep the truck rolling. Um, and uh, I got a friend who's in North Dakota, and he's got a, a well dr uh, oil drilling. Uh, company they do transport in those and all of his trucks uh, officially yesterday good job mike uh was able to get all of the last of his trucks to oklahoma yesterday because they're expecting upwards of negative 60 and he wow. literally yeah literally called it truck killers and when i talked to him about it it wasn't just so much that you know the trucks can't operate in that cold it is you know anti-gel doesn't get that doesn't work that cold um, you know, the the rubber and seals and gaskets and everything in those trucks are going to have problems down to the metal being problematic. So imagine everything freezing up in those trucks. And so it was worth more for him to pay his guys a thousand dollars each to wow. drive everything from North Dakota and drop it down in Oklahoma. So he's there. Even though it's going to freeze in Oklahoma, but his brother has a yard there, so he was able to take 14 trucks and put them there. And uh, the, then his brother's got a bunch of uh, heaters and everything that they they have under their their work areas, so they're going to keep those just blasting through the weekend. 
and then us, you know, so everybody really needs to be on site on this. And here's the crazy thing. There is a blizzard coming in, but it's not coming to us. They can't directly tell where the blizzard is going to be until basically the blizzard hits because it's so cold. They don't know what the system is going to do. So they're weird. Yeah. Well, last week there was upwards of six feet of snow in the Great Lakes area. That's where they're expecting it to come in. And they're saying that if the blizzard comes in and if it's a high density blizzard, you know, you're talking about state of emergency type situation. So but for those of us, yeah, (laughs) for those of us who are here, um, there's a lot of things that we can do. And I wanted to talk about that because two years ago when this happened, um, we were victims because we we weren't ready for it. And what, what happened here? We had pipes burst, we had heaters go out, and we had our whole uh, basement flood, like, literally, like, four feet of water because Mm -hmm. of how much snow was melting and how much the pipe had, you know, just been just pouring water straight into our basement, and we ended up with no running water anywhere in the house because of it, and, uh... So that meant, you know, no no drinking water, no anything. Like, we were out of water because it was just all pouring in and we had to turn the whole house water off. And it was nobody out here had road salts or snow plows or anything. So we yep. couldn't, like, go anywhere to get anything or be prepared because our heaters were going out. We were, you know, trying our hardest. And, like, if and for we got lucky, but a lot of people in our town did not. And the power had gone out as well. Yeah. So if we had lost power, it happened when we were sleeping and not for a long, you know, amount of time. But you know that we got we got the easier end of it. Everybody else was dealing with like because our house is massive. Yeah. Everything upstairs was fine. It, everything downstairs was mostly fine. It was four literally stories, what the basement was. Eight bedrooms, four bathrooms, eight thousand square feet, and insulation is a joke. Yeah. <laughs> so. No. So. We we got the we got the better end of everything and literally it was just like the basement down and then we lost water because of that. But yeah. you know, because we all of our stuff runs on electricity, all of it, we have no gas in this house. So if our electricity would have gone out, we would have had nothing. So yeah. it was pretty scary and since then we've been building up all of the opportunities that we can down to just like the pots and candles thing to give, you know, little heat. For mm-hmm. if anything goes out, because yeah, if our electricity, if it goes out, that's it. We're done. We have nothing else. Yeah. So, but now we do. So that's part of our preparation side yep. of it. So. And, and and that's that's the thing. We you know, if you've got generators, get your fuel for them. Yeah. Okay. We have to get ours. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get those today. So we've got um, two five gallons, and the the full anticipation. You know, like Kiki said, we. We have a heater downstairs that just does not work. And sadly, it is where our water lines are running. Yep. And so we're going to have our generator there and we're going to be pumping air. Um, you know, but there's so much like, OK, for example, number one, if you got hoses anywhere or standing water anywhere, well, we'll go to hoses first. If you have hoses anywhere, disconnect them, blow them out, drain them out. Whatever you guys do for me was always, you know. And I did it as a kid. I'm going to do it with the girls. I'll have them make it a contest to see who can blow all the water out first. Um, <laughs> They're going to so, pass out oh, doing that's that. that's the point. <laughs> It'll be funny. We have 50-foot hoses. That's not a joke. <laughs> that, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, going to be interesting to see if they're blowhards through a hose, too. Um, but, you know, get, get those out. 
and empty those pipes and those lines the best that you can. Um, you know, that's 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 going to be important for us. There's a problem that we have a 50 foot section of pipe that is not very far underground that goes from the main house to behind our bungalow. Yeah. Luckily, we never uh, wired or not wired up, but piped up anything in the bungalow. Yeah, like no there's doubt. no actual water things in the bungalow. But right. that that water line, it's it's only a good two feet underground, if even. Yeah. It's and not far at all. And understand that this is, you know, if anybody's ever been to, you know, North Dakota, Montana, and you don't see, or, you know, the further north you go, um, you see trees that are specifically designed for this kind of weather system coming in. A lot of the trees that we have out here are not made for this. And plants and everything else, like I have to accept that all those beautiful plants that we have out at the monument that have been flourishing are probably not going to make it. So. Yeah, but the great thing about a lot of the things that we have is at least like elephant ears, we, we thought they were done oh, yeah. because it froze and it snowed and everything. But what they do is they die off and then they come back every year. Yeah. So those will be fine. And obviously the same thing for the, I don't know what the kind of plant they are, but the ones with the red leaves. The I thought those were. Or no, those aren't geraniums. What are they? I don't, I don't know, know. Okay. <laughs> but anyway. whatever they are, I thought those had died and were like dead and gone, but they also came back. They just took a little bit longer to come back. They didn't right. really come back until the summer. Okay. So I don't know about the ones that I just planted this year, though, the big, beautiful black ones, because mm-hmm. those ones are really pretty, but I, I don't know. I don't know if they'll survive. I don't know if they're hardy in the cold. Yeah. Um, they well, have been fine s- thus far, yep. so I don't know. And then our lavender, our lavender, I have to go out there and cut it back, because otherwise it won't come back. Yeah. Because lavender is great, and it, it survives if you cut it back, and I just, I just kept forgetting to do it. So I definitely okay. got to get out there and do that today. It yeah. doesn't have to get, be cut back a lot, but I definitely have to, you know, help it <laughs> by giving it the opportunity mm-hmm. to not have all of its branches die out that are further away from the, the ground and then it won't come back in the spring, which would make me sad because I planted those for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and yeah, I know. Okay. But, you know, back to water pipes is, you know, one of, one of the things that we found out very costly, you know, run your water. Run all run your water for yep. for sure, um, because twenty dollars a day, you know, in pencil sized streams of water, is a lot cheaper than twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah. In plumbing repairs, and you know, an emergency call out, and having to wait several days on that. You guys having to get to a truck stop to take showers, which, hey, at least we had truck stop credits. Yeah. <laughs> so all of your showers were free and being able to do the laundry. I mean, it was just it was a nightmare. So just make sure that all every every sink that you have, it's white noise central. Right. Yep. You're going to you're going to keep every sink running uh, every bathtub shower with just a that has a dual. Let me rephrase that. That has dual um, lines lines in. Right. You needed to run just cold water. You don't want to run cold water and run your hot water heater. Hot water heater, and we've got to run to Lowe's and hope that they have it still, or we're going to to go to Ace or whatever. Um, insulate your incoming hot water pipe, and you know that's that's important. And then we're going to be taking nice hot showers and baths and kind of things like that, so that that water's going because your hot water heater, most hot water heaters, and ours is is guilty of it, aren't properly insulated. Um, ours is sitting in the basement and so it's just left on its own which where we if we insulated it it would be in better shape and if i can find insulation i'm not 
I am not delusional enough to think I'm going to find everything or anything I need. I may be ending up at the Dollar Tree or somebody finding pool noodles to utilize. <laughs> <laughs> um, but do it. it. Whatever it's going to take yeah. is what you're, what you're going to want to do. Definitely any exposed pipe mm-hmm. that's going to be exposed to the cold needs to be insulated. They sell them at yep. Lowe's. They sell them at Home Depot. Yep. They sell them probably even at Walmart. I think I've seen them at yeah, Walmart. Just foam pipe covers, and they will do like it, it anything that can help is what it comes down to mm-hmm. because even if you only have that you know wind chill and everything below zero for a few hours it's still enough to freeze your pipe over and if it doesn't go back over 32 none of it's going to defrost which the best meteorologists out there and, and you saw me this morning watching you know every meteorologist around here they can't agree whether or not we're going to have 48 solid hours of freezing yeah and 48 solid hours of freezing is important for knowing that that's just going to do irreparable damage it's, yep. it's going to and so like i'm looking at things and i told you i think yesterday is even getting the fire pit in the backyard and getting fire getting getting a fire going out there not even so much for us but because oh yeah squirrels our squirrels are not hibernating right now we got to feed them we yeah. have to do everything i just remember that so we got to do everything we can and we're going to get that fire set up and and so that you know when this comes we're able to give our animals a little bit of a chance we had 2 years ago there was a massive die off yeah you know, there and was we were trying everything we could and we did do a lot to bring them back but mm-hmm. now there's a bunch of younger squirrels out there that don't so. know and and it's not just squirrels we've got our crows we've got you know our local birds are we have the the uh, possums that we actually love cuz we don't have ticks, yeah. you know, and so we've got to look at those kinds of things. And so um, but, you know, we also when it comes to we have chickens and so we got to get the second feeder up today. Uh, we have a waterer or two waterers. And so we got to get the second waterer up. And then uh, one of those waters has to come inside in the house. Yeah. So because that it doesn't, you know, stay out there and continue to freeze. Cause right. If they don't have access to water. They're going to die. Yep. And, and chickens are fairly they're they're fairly self-sufficient when it comes to it being cold outside. Chickens mm-hmm. actually enjoy the snow and things like that um, because they just they have what are called down feathers underneath their feathers for anybody that doesn't know. So that's what keeps them warm. And they are their baseline body temperature is higher than ours. Right. So they for the most part, chickens are OK in the cold. But it doesn't hurt to help them out. Right. Giving them, you know, some people just have like nesting boxes and they don't really have a coop for them. You you need to give them some kind of shelter because I'm more they will. Worried about the bees. That we have some still. Yeah, yeah. We. Oh, still I thought have three all of the hives had no. had vacated. No, no. So. Well, we definitely got to make sure we feed them. But what bees yep. do, bees what bees do is pretty cool because they all like they all huddle up together and, and then, then vibrate. Ju- yeah, and just turn the heat up inside. Yeah. So yeah, it's but pretty cool. It's but yeah, no, if it's if it's cold, cold. Yeah. Well, they and, need and we'll we'll take a look at that for sure. Um, you know, and I hope people have generators and plenty of blankets and things like that because you can't. You can't expect that the electricity is going to make it. It it's there've been a lot there's been a lot of work done to the power system. Yeah. In 2 years, but this is like you know, hey, 2 years ago you got beat up by this kickboxer. <laughs> and uh okay, so you've got 2 years to kind of tra- train and prep for that kickboxer, but now we're going to put you up against the world champ. <laughs> because depending on who you listen to, I mean, even in Texas, they're talking about with wind chill, negative 10 degrees. Yeah. You know, in places. And it's like, my assumption is, okay, I'm going to assume that for us. 
Yeah. So, Assume you know. for the worst. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, being overprepared is never worse than being underprepared. Yeah, which is, you know, we have ice chests. We're going to have those that are going to have water in them. You know, that way, if we need water or anything like that, I don't do the bathtub water thing because I plan on using the bath. I plan on keeping that stuff going. But just to have water just in case something does go on, because we know this, that, you know, when it comes down to bad weather, water is the first thing that disappears everywhere. And I'm not mad about that. But that's, you know, people who are out there who are trying to give their cattle, yeah. you know, and their livestock all, all the water. I'm like, that's fine. They have less abilities than we do. Heck, we have water filtration systems. We could go down to the lake and grab dirty, dirty lake water and yeah. make it drinkable. Probably not going to taste great, but we can make it drinkable, you know, just if we need to. But, yeah, that's that's a big thing. And, you know, if your family is spread out like ours is, it's also a good time to consider a sleepover and make it fun because, you know, this can be a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, our barbecue, I, we have, you know, the the propane, we have a propane tank, right? And so we're good there. And we have our smoker. We have everything that we need if we need to cook outside Yeah. to, to be able to function. Um, so I, I do worry about some of the things in the storage room, but we don't, we've kind of minimized the things that are liquid in the storage room that would freeze and break and burst. So those kinds of things are important too. So we just want everybody to really, you know, take cover do the best that you can you know uh, my friend andy he's got rabbits they're they're gonna be fine they're rabbits um you know and his chickens and and things like that and you know when i was talking to him yesterday i know that he's he's ready and he's good to go um but i'm also looking at like there's a lot of like you know sad things that we do have around here we have stray cats you know we have a lot of stray animals People who don't take care of their dogs and their dogs just take themselves out for walks. Yeah. You know, those Kroger dogs. <laughs> and I don't know what the, the three dogs that we always see at the Kroger's. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, that's this is this is going to be a situation. But we're, we're going to do everything that we can to prep on our side. And today is going to be the day. Yeah. And if you have any crops that you've got going, you know, home gardens, anything like that, you you got to get hay, leaves, mulch, anything down to mm-hmm. to keep your winter crops from yep. dying off because if you're not going to get snow, that snow is what insulates the ground. So without the snow, that's what makes this worse than the freeze that we had 2 years ago or even last year yeah. is that it snowed and the snow insulated the trees, the ground, the grass, everything. And so it may get cold, but the snow keeps it from freezing. Right. We don't have that. So if you're not going to have snow, you have to put down a layer to keep some level of warmth. If you have greenhouses and things that are, you know, letting that heat in, you have to make sure that you're staying on top of closing the vents and everything at night because otherwise everything will die off. If you've got seedlings that you've got for your winter crops or early spring crops going already, make sure that they're in inside, honestly. You know, they can go a couple of days without sunlight if you don't have a good sunny window that they can sit in where it's warm. But, you know, just things like that, you know, anything that you can do like carrots and beets and everything that are you know all all of the things that should be in the ground by now those things tend to be okay throughout all of this but Mm -hmm. like i said normally with snow because they're insulated so if you don't have any of that like i haven't touched the leaves and everything that have been falling on top of my beds for the carrots and things because that's what's going to keep them warm 
And so I have, uh, you know, extra hay or straw on top of that, but I didn't remove the leaves. It looks awful right now, but it's what's going to keep everything alive. So that's why I haven't, you know, done anything with that. And the same thing right now with our backyard. We have so many trees. All the leaves have fallen. The grass is going to be okay because they're covered in all the leaves right now. So just anything, anything like that, too. If you've got a garden, you got to, you got to mulch your stuff or else it's, it's not going to make it. Yeah. So. No, be smart and be prepared. Do everything that you can, you know, f- down to your food prep. Get your food ready, assuming that, you know, I- if the electricity goes out, what are you going to cook with? You mm-hmm. know, um, if you, but back to even what you're saying, if you've got shallow rooted trees, shallow rooted bushes and you got leaves, go and air them, you know, give them that insulation and every chance that they can to survive the next, you know, couple of days of what you do. It's literally going to hit tomorrow night. Yep. So what you do now and then big one and we're we got to do this today as well and we know we got to do this but this is what we're famous for is this last minute stuff um is if you have access to under your home understand that animals are going to be looking for warm places to go and that's going to be the first thing they look for if they if they know it's there so like for us we've got two access points under our house we're going to have to board those up real nice and secure to stop animals from coming in there because that's how you end up getting an infestation yeah, luckily enough, we do have leftover hardware cloth from yeah. um, just dealing with the chickens coop and things like that. So we we all it takes is hardware cloth and a staple gun for yeah. us. But it's not always that easy. You know, bigger holes, not having the hardware cloth. I'm sure that resources, honestly, buying resources from any of the big box stores is going to be more difficult the yep. later and later you do it because everybody <laughs> waits to the last second to do things. Yeah. We are just lucky on the food food preparation preparation side of it and the fact that we did get generators last year yeah but like like we said we still need to go get gas for them we still need to board up the underside of the house we still need to make sure that the the chickens got their heat lamp out there because uh that hasn't been put out there yet but we did insulate their coop like crazy so that they can retreat back in there we've got we've got straw and cedar yeah so they're and so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty i'm not so worried about the chickens is that i think the chickens are going to probably fare better than us especially if we can't get tabby to just wear a coat <laughs> and yeah. dress in layers right so but yeah so we we just wanted to let everybody know hey you know hunker down get ready for this it is coming and do the best you can make make fun of it make it light when it comes to your kids because if your electricity goes out hey you know what kids we're gonna go ahead and cook soup out on a on a camp stove or a campfire yeah, make it fun you know because you can have some you know if you can get a fire going you can yep. do s'mores and things like that like there's always something you can make of it and you know pillow forts and things like that to cuddle up and sleep together and you know huddling up in a room like mm-hmm. just make it fun play some video games if you've got video games that you know or if you still have electricity but your you know your heater goes out like you know make it fun i know it's right. stressful and it's hard and afterwards you can break down and cry and throw a fit about it but during it yeah but during Mm -hmm. it you got to tough it out for your kids because you don't want them suffering because you know of something that's out of your control out of their control you know just try try to make it as easy as you can you know lily tabby and anna we we try to do that a lot and just you know even down to the fact that right now it's like you know they're about to both be up here because if we, we can't get, you know, Anna's sleeping with, like, three space heaters in her room, and Tabby has just been, you know, piling up under blankets, and so, you know, we can bring the space heaters up here, and they can all, you know, hang out up here, same mm-hmm. thing even down to, like, the cats, um, we have all the doors closed downstairs so that they're not wandering around into the colder parts of the house, Congo's yeah. upstairs so that he's not down in the cold, like, so we're... 
we're really making sure that everybody's up where the heaters are working and then, you know, making sure that all our space heaters are inside and ready to be pulled out if we need to. Yep. So. No, everything is everything is in place that if we need to hunker down and get into, you know, just even one master bedroom, right, we can do that. Because mm-hmm. if if everything goes out and worst case scenario, one of the generators didn't work for us, we still have the other generator that we could run my bedroom, which has a kitchenette and a and a bathroom onto it so it, worst case scenario is we could hunker down into that so we have those plans in place we just where we stay fluid about it because hey if things happen we need to be able to go okay here's where we need to go so just do everything you can because the last thing and and your pets i don't care if you got huskies you know i know people oh huskies are made for this well you know what but you're not and going out and trying to find your husky in yeah. negative 10 degree weather is not going to help you any, you know, so just just keep everything in mind and, and do the best you can know that, you know, you probably want to make sure that you have a schedule time that if you're not going anywhere, which is the smartest thing you can do is to still go outside, especially if they're out in the elements and start up your vehicles on a regular basis. Yep. Get them running, get them warm and then let them cool down a few hours, you know, and a few hours later, go and repeat the same thing, because the last thing that you want is power to go out communications to go down and you to have the inability to take your family where you know to to a hospital in case of an emergency so that's that's the kind of stuff that that kills you and we don't want that for anybody for sure so anyway let's uh pop on to the next thing here so we're going to talk a little bit about parosmia so i'm part of a lot of groups and one of the groups that I'm a part of, I'm well, there's a couple of them, are about parosmia and insomnia, and it's because it's affected me. But what really made me want to bring it up and talk about it, you know, here is a couple of days ago, we had found somebody who was very active in one of our groups was suddenly not active, and they had been posting about being depressed and struggling um, with parosmia. And then we found out from his wife um, that he had ceased to exist by his own doing, for lack of a more polite term about it. And he had struggled almost two years with it. And the majority of people who have it right now um, received it after, you know, catching COVID. And... It's a real struggle that people aren't aware enough about, and there's so many other things that everybody's talking about, but imagine your entire life just being flipped upside down, and then nobody really either understanding it or just being compassionate about it, because they think, oh, that's not a big deal. So, but parosmia is a a real thing, and the depression is is real, so you want to... Let everybody know exactly what parosmia is first. Yeah, so one of the signs of COVID-19 is a loss of taste and smell. While most patients recover from this, some report an unpleasant new symptom following COVID called parosmia. It's a condition where otherwise normal smells now smell and taste unpleasant or even more disgusting. For example, to someone with parosmia, coffee or fruit smells like garbage, rotten meat, eggs, or ammonia. Parosmia can be caused by a number of things, such as respiratory infections, seizures, and even brain tumors, says Richard Orlandi, MD, an ear, nose, and throat physician at Professor 
and professor at the Department of Surgery at University of Utah Health. Since the pandemic, COVID-recovered patients have reported this symptom. The loss of smell is not a new phenomenon. Before COVID, it was most associated with the common cold and the flu. While it's not known exactly what triggers parosmia, it compares to the smell disruption that's common with other viral illnesses such as these. To better explain this, think of your sense of smell like a piano. It has a number of different keys or receptors. The way we smell is by activating those keys and the strings attached to them play a chord. Following COVID infection, those keys and strings can get damaged. When that happens, those chords may not play the right notes. Similarly, the receptors in your nose may not perceive smell correctly due to damage that may have occurred. Your sense of smell is important, Orlandi says. It's what helps you enjoy food and sense danger, as in the case of smoke. It's connected to our memories, such as the way your mom or grandma's perfume smells. Depending on the severity, this condition can range from an annoyance to a frustrating and anxiety-inducing symptom. The good news is parosmia improves with time in most cases. Report People report a change to their sense of smell about three to four months after infection, and 65% of those people regain their taste and smell 18 months after infection. About 80 to 90% get these senses back within two years. And there is no treatment for it, really. Mm. No, um, it's a bunch of hopes. Yeah. It's, it's a bunch of hopes and a, and a bunch of, um, you know, well, this worked for me in psychosomatic responses. Yeah. So... And I say this because two years ago, and we are, we're at two years, I got COVID. Yep. And it didn't hit me hard. It I ran was, through the whole house. Yeah. And, All of and us it was like, it. it slapped me down for a day and I was back up because I was driving heavy at the time and I wasn't about to stop. Right. Mm-hmm. So I got it. And then um, I was out on the road. Everything was, I was just out on the road. And when I'm out on the road, I don't think about food. Because I'm out on the road. I mean, I think about food because I think about what I'm going to go home and have. But I don't think about food as in, oh, boy, this hot dog from, you know, the truck stop sure is delicioso (laughs) type situation. So I have a reset day when I come home and I go take a shower is one of my things in a reset. And I take a nice hot shower and I use Noxzema because my face has been just exposed to elements and everything else and Hard waters from truck stop showers and hotels and and those just, you know, don't get the clean I want. So I opened up the Noxzema and it smelled like a freshly rotting carcass. And I was like, hey, is there something wrong with the Noxzema? Can somebody else smell this? Smell this because it's supposed to smell like eucalyptus leaves, right? And it smelled like hot sewage. It was horrible. It was like somebody took death. And, you know, ran it through, um, you know, a, an incinerator of gar- of just pure garbage. It was just horrible. If, if if death had a smell, that was it. And I was like, OK, well, maybe it's this container of Noxzema that's wrong. And so I went and got another container of Noxzema. And that was the one I had everybody smell. Yeah. Um, because I went and opened it up. And sure enough, oh, my gosh, it was so bad. I nearly retched just all over the place. I just couldn't handle the smell. Um, and I was like, what is going on? And so, you know, I had you guys smell it and everybody was like, no, it smells normal. It smells fine. Everybody was using it. I'm like, so then it was like, okay, this is just a weird thing. And I didn't know what it was. I'd never heard of this thing. I'd never had anything like it before. And we went out and uh, Asian City is one of our sushi places. Uh, that we go to out here 
And I remember we went there and I smelled it again. And I was like, what the heck is it? And it ended up that it was the pickled ginger. Yeah. And and I tasted it. And I was like, oh, my God. And it was worse than the smell. Obviously, I pushed past it and it was just it was atrocious. I don't even think I finished my one roll that time when I gave it to everybody else because I was just like, here you guys go. Um, and all of a sudden, all of these foods that a chef, a trained chef used, loved and enjoyed were horrible combinations of them were horrible lemon citrus the stronger the citrus the worse it was um and and then it was on top of that things would start tasting like nothing like i would come home after a big run and you know we would ultimately end up in either dallas or houston or somewhere and i would grab an a5 wagyu steak a ribeye you know and something that is one of those things that I prepare only and I made this steak and it was beautiful. It looked gorgeous and everything to it, but it tasted like nothing. So I had, and so I looked it up and found out I had parosmia and insomnia. So about 10% of the foods and smells and scents around me were suddenly, they were making me ill. We would go to Walmart Somebody would walk by with a perfume that maybe a couple of weeks ago I was fine with. And what would happen? You would have to like almost immediately leave the store or walk away or grab something else and try to at least get something to smell different. <laughs> I sprayed a Febreze in my face. <laughs> <laughs> just trying not to smell the hot death. But even some of the Febrezes were were just I was like, oh, gosh, no. And, and we had to go through this whole reprogramming for the house. Yeah, because you know, you guys... we had already picked out scents for the house and things, mm -hmm. and none of those smelled good anymore. So yeah, everybody's perfumes, everybody's deodorants, everybody's body washes. We had to literally change everything because it was it was so bad. Yeah, no, it was it was not a good it was it was not a good situation. And then what what sucked about it even harder, which we found out shortly after, is so I bought all of this new body wash, all of this new deodorant, all of this new. You know, all of these new things that had smells even down to our laundry soap. Yeah. Right. And and it all shifted again to make that stuff smell bad. So I no matter what body wash, like even right now, if I buy any body wash with anything that smells, I give it about a week. And then after about a week, it's back to not smelling right. So with foods, it's it's an adventure between does it taste bad? Does it taste nothing? The only foods to me that actually taste good are the foods that are the worst for me. They're so full of preservatives. They're so processed, but they're the ones that taste normal. I can go to McDonald's and eat anything at McDonald's. It all tastes fine, but I can't drink a Coke. I can't drink a 7-Up. I can't drink root beer. Um, you know, anything anything of those, what is it? Basically just orange soda and frescas, right? The, the diet orange soda and frescas are the only things I really can drink. That I'm that I actually enjoy anymore. Um, I'm glad Fresca's not gone <laughs> yeah. off the list, but everything is just just horrible. And the thing is, is imagine, you know, you're a trained chef, and one of the things that you and and here's where I uh, I even hate talking about this. There's not a lot I like about me. 
at the end of the day, I, I tell I say it all the time. I tell you and I tell everybody else and you guys hate that I say this, but I don't like me. And the things that I do and I do well, you know, I'm a great marketer. I'm, I'm great at business. But I'm also a great chef. And I love to cook. I love to cook for you guys. I, you know this. I, you know, I love um, three years ago. What was my favorite holiday? Thanksgiving. Why? Because you got to cook. Yeah. And, and make basically whatever it was that you wanted and everybody would enjoy it. And just this last couple of years, I've just been like, I have no zeal for it because the things that I love don't taste good or they taste like nothing. Yeah. So much so that you almost you basically said that you didn't want to do Thanksgiving this yeah. year. You didn't care if we didn't do it. Yeah. And, you know, that depression is a real thing is that you have no joy in an entire section of your life. You know, you, you can't taste it. And people are like, well, you know, it's just taste. At least you didn't go blind or, you know, what? you, you can, you can do that kind of garbage. Fuck you. And fuck everybody who does that, who belittles somebody's pain because at least it wasn't this, you know, that garbage is garbage. That is absolutely stupid. You know, somebody's arm gets cut off. You're like, well, at least you had an arm to cut off. Do you know how many people are, you know, you wouldn't do that shit to somebody in a vulnerable place. And people with parosmia and insomnia are in vulnerable places. We can't go out with our families and enjoy the things that we enjoyed. We can't watch the looks on people's faces and, and feel like we did something and we accomplished something because I cooked this amazing meal. You know, I talked to Andy about it yesterday that I had cooked this meal for them and I couldn't taste any of it. And he was like, oh, it was amazing. And I'm like, I but I am so critical of everything that I do. I never believe that anything I do is 100 percent. But this part of my life is gone. It's gone. The joy from it, the colors, the the scents, the the flavors, they're all gone. And, you know, it sucks. It sucks to know that the things that I taste the best that I taste the most are hot sauces, you know, the like just so limited on things. And I'm just like, wow, even even down to mashed potatoes, I don't enjoy those the way that I used to enjoy them. You know, I made a ramen bomb since getting this thing. I've only made one because I went and had it. And I'll explain what a ramen bomb is at some point. Um, and I made it and nothing, you know. And it's like, it's just an entire part of my life is gone. And then I'm fine. I'm going to push through this and, and I'm going to keep going and I'm going to keep hoping that it gets better. And I'm going to do the things that I can to try to make it better. But there's a lot of people who aren't that strong. There are a lot of people who struggle with it. And when people belittle something, you know, we wouldn't make fun of somebody in a wheelchair unless you're a complete and total waste of skin. Yeah. Right. You wouldn't you wouldn't belittle them and say, hey, well, you know, at least you've got two eyes. We wouldn't belittle anybody with any kind of physical issue, you know, um, but. You know, somebody can't taste, can't eat things, taste like sewage, pure rotting death, you know, um, you, you get afraid of what you can and can't buy putting food in your mouth. Is this going to make me throw up? Am I going to be able to take this and enjoy this? Other people are sitting around you enjoying buttered popcorn and you're just eating styrofoam as far as you're concerned. You know, um, your favorite candies are nothing anymore. And it's it's everything that's so much is, is tied to your ability to taste food. I would just tell people that have that kind of attitude. You know what? You try it. You try pick the food that you hate. 
Find that food that you hate, whether it's carrots, broccolis, Brussels sprouts, fine. And just eat that for a week. And just tell me that it doesn't affect you. It completely affects you. And parosmia affects people, and there's not enough coverage on it, and there's not enough people talking about it, and there's not enough support for it. And, you know, there's not enough options or research or anything. And when people sit there and, and politicize the very thing, because the first thing people ask me when I say, you know, I explain it to them and everything else, they go, oh, well, did you get the shot? What the fuck does that matter? My entire life has been changed and you care whether or not I got the jab that that caused it. It, it doesn't matter. I got it. It affected me. It affected a lot of people. And some of us have it, have had it longer than others. And those of us who our entire life was trained around it, you know, think of a basketball player that loses his leg, crushes his ankle, is never going to be able to jump again. You know, would you sit there and go, oh, hey, did you get, you know, that that's what happens when when the NBA is owned by this team or what? You, you don't do that crap. Mm -mm. But but that's what people are doing to people with parosmia. So if you have somebody that's like, hey, I, I can't eat that, I don't, you know, or, or they tell you that they have parosmia, you know, be supportive because they've literally just had their life not just turned around, but but scrambled because, OK, is this going to taste normal? Is this going to taste like nothing or is this going to taste like I'm eating three day old roadkill? You know, and I just want people to be aware of that, that. You know, there's there's things that people are out there doing. We're do we'll do anything to get it. Um, people who have been getting um, what's the when you get your nose pierced through the center, your septum is that what that is? I I don't know. Okay. I don't. I'm not a piercing person. <laughs> okay. Well, there there's people who are getting that because people have said that that works. Um, I can't tell you how many pills I've actually got and vitamins and things in the in the bathroom. Because I was told, oh, take these and they, and you'll start seeing differences. How many different foods I cook? How many different? I fasted for eight days trying to just reset it, hoping anything would work and was was going to do a 30, 35 day fast. But my body was like, no, you're not, <laughs> you know, to do whatever it takes to fix this. And we're we're all there. And the the biggest, you know, one that seems to have the best results is either out of geographic or price range for a lot of people. Because we're talking about thousands of dollars worth of shots in our nose. So, and that's my next step. And I'm going to try it and hope. But, you know, we're doing everything that we can to just try to get to some semblance of normal. But when the only things that taste normal to me are things like sausage and bacon and, you know, things that aren't the best things for me, <laughs> you know. It, it causes problems. I can have a quesadilla. I can have cheese and tortillas and hot sauce, you know, and usually it's crystal hot sauce or whatever I'm in the mood for. And those taste normal, but those aren't the healthiest things for me. Do you know what has no flavor for me right now? Salads, tomatoes, you know, no flavor, none. I eat a, a big leafy green salad and it tastes like I'm eating nothing. And then Depending on the salad dressing, it can taste like sewage. <laughs> so even without salad dressing, it's it's every now and then there's something in like one of the mixed green ones. And I can't figure out which one it is just yet, but that's starting to get that smell and taste to me. So prosmia is a real thing. Insomnia is a real thing. And if you if somebody tells you they have it, 
Don't white people problem them. Don't rich people problem them. Be supportive. And, you know, it's what we need more than anything else. So I just I just wanted to say that in there. And, and you know, you guys uh, have all been awesome with it. You know, we, we go out and, and we do still go out and we get sushi. If I don't remember to ask for no ginger and it comes out on the plate, you guys are so quick to grab it, snatch <laughs> it, throw it across the room and name it. No, <laughs> <It's> yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and the things that, that we go to and we go to buffets because, again, because some things it just they switch. And we go to the buffets, and you're not a big fan of buffets. No. And I'm not a big fan of buffets. And Tabby, mm. I think Tabby's the only big fan of buffets. Tabby's like, oh, man, if it's a buffet, like, Tabby wants Golden Corral so bad she can, like, you know, she gets, she shakes for it. <laughs> Golden Corral's delicious, and she'll, like, kill you for it. She'll, like, seriously. But but it's, like, it's the only time I can go there and say, well, what has flavor today? And I get a little bit of, and you see my plates are always a little bit of each thing so I can taste and go, oh, this has flavor. Yay. This tastes good. Yay. This, ooh, ooh, what is, ooh, ooh, Lily, eat this. <laughs> That's literally all I have to say to some of those things. But, you know, be as encouraging and supportive about it as you can. It, it causes a depression that, you know, I, I've never had before, you know, and it's affected my entire life because of it. So, and it affects every taste, which has made bedroom play a lot different but we won't get into that right now so but next let's talk about pirates <laughs> did you know that there's pirates you no, know we I did technically not. have pirates and they're and it's it's actually pretty cool so let's talk about that so pirates are something that we utilize as kind of an outlaw thing and we have a couple of different depictions of it in that it's a lawless society of people who are you know criminalizing terrorizing people but pirates by the actual definition in you know you can go with it with the nautical side of things but there are people that we consider as outcasts and i want to talk about three different scenarios to kind of paint this so that we have a, a better understanding of why i actually have a very um hardline opinion on this so um, first, we know that homelessness, especially in, you know, suburban areas, California, where we came from, um, rampant, right? I mean, yeah, the, the camps that we have and when we were out trucking, when we would go to places like Chicago or Portland, oh, you know, um, and even smaller cities, you know, like ours, we have a homeless population that's out here. We, we have, you know, half a dozen people who are homeless that, Homeless, semi-homeless, depending on your definition, and we can talk about all of that later. But could you imagine if, you know, all these homeless camps that we have in the city and or Los Angeles, oh, my gosh, when we drove through L.A., right? Yeah. Um, that was that was insane, the, the number of those camps. And the city's there, and the city's like, okay, and they're, they're put in those places, and, you know, it's, it's just become a part of the landscape, right? Well, then there's other people who, um, for example, live out in the middle of the desert because they want that freedom. And one of the most popular ones is Slab City. Uh, if you'll read what you have for that, that'd be great. So, a collection of unlikely characters is standing around a fire in the middle of the California desert. 
there's an older woman who introduces herself only as Tomahawk, kindly offering to give away a handful of colorful gems she bartered at a recent trade circle. Next to her is a bearded man, a former banker, he says, who's currently staying at the ragtag community's hostel for the season. A pregnant woman is sitting in a cracked lawn chair, talking empathetically about tonight's meteor shower, and a quiet young couple have their arms around each other. Every half an hour or so, like clockwork, the makeup of the group around the fire changes, filtering in newcomers from different corners of the decades-old camp known as Slab City. The isolated desert community was created by transient, freedom-seeking people like these, all living off-the-grid in trailers, tents, lean-tos, and broken-down school buses in a remote patch of the Sonoran? (laughs) Sonoran. Sonoran Desert on the eastern shore of the Salton Sea. Okay. So Slap City used to actually be part of a military installation, and it was abandoned. A bunch of people decided that they wanted to live out there and have the freedom that's out there. They are self-governing, self-law. They don't pay any rent. They don't pay, um, you know, any taxes or anything like that. As as you just read, a lot of what they do is in bartering. They'll go and they'll do odd jobs and chores. So these people have their own set of laws, and I've done research on it because I, I'm curious always anytime I see anything like this. And they're not bothered by the police. They're not bothered by the state. They're not bothered by anybody, even though technically they're squatters and technically because there are things that go on in there. Like there are drugs, you know, there's going to always be drugs in homeless camps and squatter camps and all of these things. And nobody really messes with them. But, you know, it's one of the videos that I watched. I think I showed you was what one of the guys said, you know, if we find out you're a pedophile, then, oh, yeah. you know, real casual about it. It's like, yeah, we'll we'll help bury you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, hell yeah. And uh, so, you know, But for the most part, they're independent people who just want to be able to live on their own and survive on their own, do little things to make ends meet. You know, technically they're criminals because they're squatting on on land they're not supposed to be on and they go out and they do work and they don't pay taxes and, you know, and they and some of them do drugs. So, ooh, but nobody messes with them. Okay, And then there's a third group. And in Richardson Bay. In Marin County, um, which is part of Sausalito Bay, there are people who live on boats in the bay. The bay is a beautiful protected area, and they live on these boats. These boats are, you know, they, they've lived out there for decades, some of these people, mm-hmm. right? It's an anchorage that is a federal anchorage within Sausalito Bay, in Richardson Bay specifically, where... These people don't have to have permits. They don't have to have um, parking lights and all these other stuff that they have. You know, you have to have anywhere else. And up to 62 feet, you can have a boat and you can live on that boat. These people have been out there for decades and they um, they go into town. They go to the docks. They have all their self-sustaining. They literally have their own dumping system for their human matter and everything else. And they live in their boats on the bay. And because it's a federally protected anchorage, these people haven't had to pay rent. Many of them don't pay taxes. They don't do any of these things. And so you would assume that, again, they're not causing any problems for anybody around them, just like the homeless people in L.A., assuming they aren't causing problems for anybody around them. And Slab City, for all these people that aren't causing any problems for anybody around them, you assume that law enforcement and people would leave them alone, right? 
Well, something tells me the answer is going to be no. The answer is fuck no. The answer is is this. The answer is two th- or, or th- almost three quarters of the people who had boats that were living out there in this anchorage have seen their boats grabbed, destroyed, and been left actually homeless and destitute. They went from two hundred over 200 boats to now there's less than 60. Why? Because the... Um, because the people, and only a couple of people, it is select people, they have these beautiful million-dollar, multi-million-dollar homes, and they have these beautiful multi-million-dollar views that don't want to look at these boats that aren't all in the best shape in this one little strip inside of this bay that is federally protected. So the Richardson Bay Recreation Area has literally made it their goal to rip these people out of their homes. These people go to shore, they go to go visit their family, and immediately they get they they get a notice put on the boat that says that they have 10 days to remove the boat as and call it marine debris. And they don't wait 10 days. And they take the boats, they impound the boats, but there's no impounding. There's no actual real impounding. They take the boats, they take them over to the scrapyard, crush up the boats. And get them out. They are trying everything they can. Their latest tactic has been to offer $150 a foot to get these people off their boats. These people are living out in the bay, anchored out of everybody's way, right? They're way less of an eyesore than a tent camp is anywhere else. They're protected in an area wanting to live on their own. They're not panhandling from a bunch of people they have the lowest they have had the lowest instances of crime of any of these things that we're talking about slab city people go there and diss the fuck up here right homeless camps constantly have drugs rape assault problems and and the crime is is rampant and in the surrounding areas but these they don't People go out there. They lived out there because they wanted to live on the water and live away from it. They, one of the the guys that I uh, was reading about and watching videos about, he makes thirteen hundred dollars a month and uh, gets that on through Social Security, right? And so Social Security Social Security gives this guy thirteen hundred dollars a month, and with thirteen hundred dollars a month, he can live on his boat and retire and spend the rest of his life out there. But he's not paying mooring charges. He's not paying taxes. And they don't like it. And because these people that have these multi-million dollar homes don't like looking down at this little strip of boats that they don't like. They got knocked it down from 200 boats illegally. Okay, that was going to be the first thing that I was going to ask was is this they're just allowed to do this? No. This is federally protected yep. waters. Why are why aren't they being protected? The U.S. Coast Guard is l- who, you know. Some of them are definitely influenced by the people out there. It's obvious when you sit and look at the interviews that they've given. They have said, hey, this is federally protected. They sh- they the R- the RCRA, which, you know, or R- I'm sorry, RBRA. Um, I'm just going to call it that, which is, the, again, the Richardson Bay Recreation Area has gotten their anchorage area shrunk down and doesn't care because they're poor. What are they going to do? Sue them? Right. They just the 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 feds doesn't they the Coast Guard doesn't want to do anything. They've made amendments and all this other stuff to be like, hey, you know, we're we're sorry about that. But it goes so far beyond what anybody else is even reporting on this, because if you go look right now, go look up Richardson Bay Recreation Area, Sausalito Bay, look up pirates, homeless, anchorages, 
uh, people living on boats, people having their try to look for this story. With the exception of of those of us who know exactly where to look for and find it, it is buried on the web. They have a great, great team of people who are out there posting up that when you actually type this stuff in, they're like, oh, well, hey, you want to talk about this baseball team that has nothing to do with it? This little league team that's called the Pirates? You know, you want to have this? They, they, they are not. They're not talking about it at all. It is literally like imagine going into San Francisco and burning out a homeless camp and not telling anybody you did it. You remember about five years ago they did that in Sacramento. In Sacramento, in Sacramento, California, there was a homeless camp, and the, the sheriffs came in and dispersed the camp, right? They literally told everybody, hey, you guys can't stay here. You can't. This is, you know, parkland. You're squatting. You have to go. And people were like, where are we supposed to go? And it was it was actually in, in Sacramento. It was, it was pretty heavy covered on, on the media. I can find that article five years ago easier than I can find out what's going on in Richardson Bay right now. In fact— um, if you go and you find the only article that's on it right now, the only article that you can find says that they're they're staying their next steps until 2026. So it's okay that over 140 boats, ships, homes, homes, actual homes. These we're, we're not even talking about homeless, right? We're not talking about camps. We're talking about people who spent thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars for boats to live on. They were ripped, they were they were taken, they were grabbed, they were stolen, they were destroyed. And those people can't do anything about it. Wow. So so they 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 try to make them in the negative light by call, oh they're pirates. That's what they called them. And that didn't go over well. So they tried to change it to something, you know, anchorers and they've tried to t- call them all different things and and, and you know what they want to be called? Hmm. Nothing. They want to be left the hell alone. That's literally, I don't blame them. you know, you're sitting there, you're out in the bay. Think about it. It's like, I mean, I thought about it. I was like, man, that sounds like actually not a bad life. They're in this beautiful protected bay, right? They're in this federal area where they're allowed to be there as long as they want. So you can live there. But knowing that somebody is paying such attention that almost every time you go to shore, they're going to put this tag on your boat. And if they catch it in time, they're going to take your boat. They're going to take your home. Imagine that. Imagine if like you and I said or our family decided that we were going to go to Disney World. Right. Okay. And the moment that we left to go to Disney World, somebody stuck a tag on the door of our house saying, if we're not here in like five, six days, they're going to assume that the, the house is just, you know, palleted garbage and they rip our house down and shred it and we come back to nothing. No, that's. I don't even that that's a lot to think about because I don't how do you even respond to something like that? Mhm. And that's exactly it and and people are like, "Well, what am I supposed to do? $1300 a month on a fixed income. This guy is afraid to leave his boat. Like he literally has other people that come by and he gives them, you know, these these 6-gallon jugs that they carry and they go fill it up with water and they'll take his garbage and stuff in cuz he's afraid because if he loses that he has nothing. So now you're living in fear on your own home. Imagine if we couldn't live, we, we couldn't leave this house without having somebody in here. You know, that's that's what's going on. And they're trying to. They're they're trying to take these people and and call them all these horrible things to paint this light. But what is it? It comes down to these 
multi-million dollar homes that people have moved into in the last few years, in all honesty, in most cases. Yeah, those multi-million dollar homes in California, of all places, they, they are never... They're never people that have been living there for a while. Right. People rotate those homes so fast. Oh, yeah. Everybody sells. Everybody wants that 10% or you know 20% markup on the home and property. And then everybody wants to live in these little places overlooking the bay. And then imagine somebody, in, and we see it with homeowners associations, some of the stories we've read with those, that somebody who's not a part of the homeowners association, that's not a part of you know their property or their lines or anything, and the homeowners association is trying to tell them, hey, you need to get that 50-gallon barrel out of your backyard, or you can't have that shed in your backyard because it's not pretty to us in the homeowners association. You have nothing to do with what I'm doing. And they did it on the water and they're just they're making these people homeless and nobody's talking about it. A hundred and sixty boats are gone. You know, just think about that. If a hundred if somebody came into a neighborhood and decided they didn't like somebody there and destroyed a hundred and sixty out of two hundred and twenty or whatever homes, you think that wouldn't make the news? It wouldn't even get that far. No, they would never have destroyed more than one house like it just ugh. but the Richardson Bay recreation area has effectively destroyed 150 plus homes and nobody's doing anything and they've gone so far as to I'm I'm going I'm going to put it out there and if I'm wrong great prove it but that they've brought on enough people for social media a social media team to be able to bury what they're doing and nobody's there and nobody's supporting these people. So we're not talking about somebody told somebody to move their tent. We're talking about people who literally had their life, their homes ripped up and destroyed and almost nothing is being done about it. It's absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, they're saying, well, if we're pirates right now, we're winning, <laughs> you know, because we're still here. But but their friends you know, one of the guys was talking about the uh, fact that, or no, it was one of the girls, I'm sorry, was talking about the fact that her friends are all on shore and they're all homeless and now they're not being bothered. You know, they're fine with them sleeping on the streets. They're fine with them sleep, sleep, sleeping on the curb, you know, because that doesn't block their view. It's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. And seriously, it that that makes our people suck. <laughs> segment in a big big way so i didn't think it was going to be enough to was going to cover our entire afternoon dive but obviously it did yeah and you know just everybody hey be prepared you know get some sympathy and some empathy for people in the right ways you know and i hope everybody stays safe get yourself prepped if you see me at lowe's or hear me at lowe's or whatever <laughs> you know just come by and say hi and in the meantime once again, thank you for joining us on the Stupid Podcast on Everything, where I'm Joey. And I'm Kiki. And remember, that which does not kill you is waiting on the winter. So peace out with your peace out. Bye.